What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to an episode of Creating Madness. I'm here with my co-host and good friend, Ethan. Ethan, what's happening? Not much. How are you today, John? I'm doing good. Cowboys are playing right now. Uh, not looking too good. I think it's 23-7. to 7. I'm not having the best time. Debo Samuels is, uh, is really making my life hard, but what's really lifting me up is this great week of college basketball ready to talk about. There are so many games that are just so awesome to watch and talk about. Um, before we get into those, we got to real quickly talk about our socials. Uh, we got Instagram, we got Twitter, we got YouTube, we got a TikTok page potentially. We got everything you could ask for. Uh, and Ethan's going to explain those to you guys right now. All right, make sure you check out our YouTube at Creating Madness on YouTube. A lot of fun doing the streams, posting the stream highlights. Didn't have one last week because I had COVID, whatever. Moving on to the next week, we're going to have it. Twitter at ATR Madness. We post the stream on there as well, as well as our polls, which John will get up shortly after this episode, as well as just news throughout the week on CBB. Instagram at underscore creating madness. We have a college basketball group chat. DM us to join as well as posting our polls every week, which I have recently posted for this week's games of the week. Yep. Uh, now that all the bills are paid, let's get right into the gut of the episode. So as we always do, we're going to talk about last week's games of the week. Uh, we got Villanova versus Xavier, Creighton versus Xavier, Ohio State versus Wisconsin, and our in-depth games of the week are Texas Tech versus Baylor and Iowa State versus Kansas. Ethan, why don't you get the ball rolling with Villanova versus Xavier? What happened in that game? Well, Villanova versus Xavier, you had two teams that could not shoot the ball. On the bright side, for one of them, you have a big three that no matter how poorly they shoot, they'll manage to score. And that, that big three did shoot pretty well for the most part, aside from Gillespie going 2 of 11 from three. But he had 21 points. Dixon had 15. Moore had 19. And then for Xavier, Johnson and Scruggs had 15 apiece. And then the rest of the team just could not shoot the ball for the life of them. So they shot 5 of 24 from the three-point line. Xavier's going to have to shoot the three ball better. That's been their weakness all year. Hopefully, as Fremantle gets healthier, he'll be able to shoot that more. Hopefully, throughout the year, Kobe Jones will be able to knock down that shot. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely a big win for Villanova. Um, again, they had a few losses to start the season that made us question, are they a top-tier team or not? But they've been absolutely rolling against teams left and right that are really, really good. Uh, so it's definitely great to see out of them. And the Big East might have another reigning champion. Uh, moving on to another game, uh, Xavier did a little bit better in this one. We had Xavier versus Creighton. Um, they ended up winning by seven. This was in large part due to our guy, Zach Fremantle, having 13 points on 6 of 16 shooting along with 11 boards. He had a quick double-double in this game. His buddy Paul Scruggs also contributed. He had 13 points on only 4 of 11 shooting, but he ended up contributing 5 assists along with 2 rebounds. Uh, he had a good game. But the guy who had a great game was Colby Jones, sophomore guard. Uh, he had 16 points, led the team in scoring, uh, and he really turned it on the second half, along with shooting great from the field. He went 6 of 9. And the last thing that we noticed that he was one rebound away from having a double-double as a guard, which is very impressive against a team like Creighton with guys like Ryan Hawkins at the forward position and Ryan Kalkbrenner at the center position. Uh, you know, this is a really, really good rebounding team and a really good shooting team because Creighton actually shot 50, 50% from the field and 43% from three. Uh, the Jayhawks had a great game. They just did not have a good enough game to beat the Xavier team. This is a really, really good Big East battle. Um, and one last thing I want to mention about this game is that Alex O'Connell had a great game for uh, Creighton. He had a hitting his season high in points with 22 on phenomenal shooting. 
seven of ten from the field and four for six from three, along with six rebounds. So he had a great game. Uh, this is an overall great biggest matchup, and I'm really excited to see this one go back to Omaha uh, and see what happens there. But Ethan, why don't you talk about our next game, Ohio State versus Wisconsin? What happened there? Well, this game was fairly interesting in the sense of we were talking throughout this year. Does Wisconsin have that next guy to step up once Johnny Davis has an off game? You know what? They did. He shot four of 18, one of five from three. Still ends up with 14 points. But you know what? Tyler Wall, eight of 10, 20 points. Brad Davidson, seven of 12, 25. This Wisconsin team's an all-around team that can do pretty much anything they want. Whereas the Buck guys, it's EJ Liddell and friends. You know the show Barney and Friends? It's EJ Liddell and Friends. You don't remember any other character from that. Just like for the Buckeyes, on an off night, you're only going to remember EJ Liddell. Yeah, no. Uh, this is actually becoming a really big problem for Ohio State. You got guys like Michi Johnson, Zed Key, just not giving what you want for this team. EJ Liddell, I think, has had a good to great game every single game this season, but the rest of his team can't really say the same there. Um, in order for this team to do good, not only in Big Ten play, but in the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament, they're going to need their key contributors outside of uh, EJ Odell to step up. So it's going to be really nice when that does happen, or if it does happen. Uh, but if it doesn't, it's going to be a really rough year for the Buckeyes going into March. Um, moving on to our game, one of our two games we're going to go really in-depth on. We got Texas Tech versus Baylor. Uh, it's the top 20 matchup in the Big 12. Uh, and then the shocker, Texas Tech ended up barely squeezing this one out in Waco. Uh, winning 65-62. Uh, there was a lot of key contributors on this team, starting with Kevin O'Banner. He had 13 points on 6-11 of 11 shooting, former Oral Roberts hero. Uh, he played some great defense on guys like Flo Thamba and Jonathan Tichuhata. I can't pronounce his last name, but Kevin O'Banner locked them up. Uh, another guy who had a great game on the offensive and defensive end, uh, offensive and defensive end was Bryson Williams. He just had a solid game. He didn't have a game that's outstanding, but that's all you really need to do because if everyone else plays solid, it usually works out in the end. He had 13 points, which is just one above his, uh, his season high. Uh, he had 5-12 shooting off, hitting a big three at the end. He went one or two from three, and he also added in five rebounds. Uh, another guy who had a great game, along with leading the team in scoring, Adonis Arms, former interviewee. Uh, that's, two inter- that's two former inter- interviewees missed in one episode. That, that tells you how good Ethan is a guy how good Ethan is at getting his guys in here. Uh, he had the best game on the team. He went 7-13 from the field, along with adding at 14 points. He was one rebound away as a guard from getting a double-double, which is super impressive. And last but not least, we're not going to we're not gonna forget about Kevin McCuller, this team's leader. Uh, he had 12 points on 5-8 shooting, 2-5 of five from 3, including another big 3 at the end. He also had 6 rebounds. Uh, this was an overall great game from Texas Tech. Uh, they shot 51% for the field, shot 29% from three, which is not what you want to see, but it ended up getting the job done. So, hey, hats off to the Red Raiders. As for the Baylor Bears, their forwards didn't do anything. I think Flo Thamba and Jonathan Tuchimachi combined for six points, which is just not what you're going to see, considering the fact that Texas Tech's forwards didn't necessarily win them the game, but definitely helped out a lot. Uh, some guys that had decent games, though, were Adam Flagler and James Jinko. They combined for four on decent uh, efficiency. James Jinko could not hit the side of a barn from outside a three-point line, though. He had one three-pointer in eight shots, which is just not going to see out of your lead point guard. 
Um, LJ Cryer had a decent game off the bench. He had 10 points on four of nine shooting with two of four from three. But the guy who I want to put a spotlight on is Maggie Meyer. He just did not play well at all this game. He ended up getting less, way less minutes than his usual season average. And he only had seven points on three of 10 shooting, which is just not good at all. He also did not make a single three going over three. And he added in seven rebounds, but it just wasn't enough uh, to beat the Texas Tech Red Raiders. So overall, what am I taking out of this? Um, if Baylor did not lose another game this week, I think they'd be fine. But there's some cracks here. They lose another game uh, later that week, which we're never going to talk about in just a second. But um, Texas Tech really proved themselves in this game. They really proved themselves to be an all-around team. They have guys at every spot that can get the job done. And they're going to be a really deadly team moving into the rest of the season. But, Ethan, why don't you talk about our final game we want to go in-depth on, which is Iowa State versus Kansas all right, so this game was neck and neck. I don't think any team had above a seven-point lead at any point throughout this game. And just in the final moments, you have, with 4.23 left in the game, you have Isaiah Brockton making a couple free throws to take the team back within five just to end up going down the other end, fouling David McCormick, who puts the lead back up at six. And just nonstop scoring back and forth, back and forth, until Gabe Kalshur makes a three to get Iowa State within one, where they then go up by two, or go up by one after a Caleb Grill two-pointer, where you have just nonstop scoring. Ochai Obaji puts them back up by one, where Brockton has to put Iowa State back up by one, for Juwan Harris to make a nice layup to put Kansas State back up which they'd keep the lead in the final five seconds after Couchor misses a three in the final second. Overall, this was a hell of a game by both teams. Ochai Baji played very well. You have Christian Braun, who's expected to step up. He just didn't shoot as well as you'd want, but 13-7 and seven ain't bad throughout the entire game. Kansas' entire team stepped up when they needed to. And the Cyclones... We keep saying they're legit because they're staying in here with these top teams. They need to beat one of them, but they're definitely legit. It's just a matter of can they win the big game. And they proved they did in this game. Very true. All right, moving on to our surprise games of the week. We have a lot of them, so we're not going to go as in-depth as we do in our games of the week, but we're just going to briefly cover them. Starting off with Stanford-USC. Uh, I don't think anyone saw this coming. I have been saying the whole year that USC has not played any comp the whole season, and when presented with just the slightest bit of it, they lose. Um, Harrison Ingram, Dallas native, uh, seen him play a few times. He had a big game, along with other key contributors for Stanford, and taking down USC. Isaiah Mobley just did not get it done. He did not do enough on the defensive and offensive end to stop this team, Uh, and this is a really devastating loss for USC. Big win for Stanford, because Stanford has had a really up-and-down season so far, so big win for the Cardinals. Uh, Ethan, why don't you talk about DePaul versus Seton Hall and then Northwestern versus Michigan State? Well, DePaul, Seton Hall, I mean, going into this, you're not thinking DePaul's going to win, first off. I think if we're being honest with ourselves, you sit here, you see Seton Hall, and you think, you know what, borderline top team. They, in regulation, let DePaul drop 96 on them. With two of their players going over 20 points, and Jones and Terry getting 24 and 28, respectively. As for Seton Hall, Roden and Aiken are their leading scorers, but when they don't shoot good, they're not going to win. 
No one else on this team is getting the opportunity to score. Off the bench, Richmond and Jackson put up 11 and 10, which is good, but Roden and Aiken, when they're hot, the team wins. When they're not, the team loses. It's that simple. As for Northwestern Michigan State, Northwestern won. And I'm as an Illinois fan, I shouldn't be happy about this, but that win put Illinois in first place in the Big Ten. 64-62, ball don't lie. Northwestern beats Michigan State after a bad call, bad calls by the refs in the final three minutes. Uh, yeah, those are both absolutely insane games, uh, including both two really big upsets. Speaking of another upset, Texas Tech gets a win versus Baylor. Everyone, Red Raider Nation, super hype. And then you go into Manhattan, Kansas, and you lose by double digits to Kansas State? What's going on here? We had Bryson Williams, who was the only player on this game, or player on this Red Raider team who had above uh, 10 points. He had 20 on great shooting. So hats off to Bryson Williams. That's fair. That what are we doing? Uh, Kevin McCuller, three nine shooting, six points, trash. Adonis Arms, our inter- former interviewee, did not have a great game. Uh, one of five shooting for two points. Kevin O'Banner, two of six shooting, zero for three from three, uh, six points. What are we doing? Um, I mean, I guess Davion Warren had a decent game. He had nine on two of five shooting and two of three from three. But no one did anything of note. This was just a really really bad game uh, for the Red Raiders. And as for Kansas State, I mean, you can't really ask for anything more. A really, really good home run uh, led by your guys. Nigel Pack, he had a great game. He had 14 points on really good shooting along, along with other key contributors uh, like Mark Smith. He had a great game. Uh, but this is just a game that you really want uh, as a Kansas State fan. And this is a game that you never want to see again if you're a Texas Tech fan. But moving on to some of our other games. We have Marquette versus Seton Hall, Arkansas versus LSU, TC versus Oklahoma. Uh, Marquette versus Seton Hall. Seton Hall loses again. Uh, they had a very, very not good week, um, and they might be included in our negatives uh, in a few weeks with their performances lately. Uh, they just did not have any good things to talk about this week as they lose to Marquette. This is a very close game, but still can't reach out in these games, especially back-to-back games, Seton Hall. Uh, Arkansas versus LSU. Arkansas has been looking shaky the whole season, and they go into Baton Rouge and beat LSU. This is an absolutely crazy game. Uh, just when all hope is lost in Razorback Nation, they end up coming out with one of the biggest wins of the year. So hats off to the Razorbacks. As for LSU, you just had a great stretch. You just got your ranking up from about low 20s to now in the single digits or very high uh, tens, and then you lose to Arkansas at home. It's not going to see. Uh, finally versus TCU. Uh, finally, at least for me, with TCU versus Oklahoma. Oklahoma should not have lost this game. They're about to be ranked, and they just dropped it like that. Uh, with this loss versus TCU, very disappointing to see from the Sooners. But Ethan, what happened in Oregon versus USC, Alabama versus versus Mississippi State, and Oklahoma State versus Baylor? Well, two days ago. Oregon beats number three UCLA 84-83 in overtime. Just yesterday, they beat USC 79-69. Oregon's proven that their ranking from the beginning of the season might have been right. Obviously, we don't think so. But maybe. They have to prove it for the rest of the year. And Alabama looks to drop out of top 25s everywhere as Mississippi State beats them. And Baylor looks to not be the number one team in the country anymore after two losses this week. Losing to Oklahoma State the other day, yesterday, I believe. 
by seven. Not good. Not good at all. I get Oklahoma State's a great team, but Baylor, come on, boys. I, I just feel bad for Oklahoma State because if they were to go on a run, go undefeated in the Big 12, they're not making the postseason. <laughs> I forgot about that. Let's go, Eagle Eagle recruiting, baby. That's Lo- terrible. I love having Brad Underwood as my coach for Illinois. Yeah, it's, that's in the season. They're in the same boat. Bunch of cheaters over there in Champaign. Uh, moving on to our tier list, you'll notice uh, in our A1 tier that there is no one. We don't have a single team that has really asserted themselves as a top team or a group of teams assert themselves as the top dogs uh, because no one's really done that. There's no team that you can certifiably say, hey, this team's in the top boat or this team is the top team like Baylor was all these weeks before. Uh, but no. So we have a, our second tier. Got UCLA and Gonzaga along with Iowa State. Arizona, Duke, Baylor, Purdue, Kentucky, Wisconsin, Auburn, and Kansas. Uh, these teams are all second tier, but again, none of these teams had good enough performances to put themselves in the top spot. Ethan, why don't you talk about tier three? We got Houston, Iowa State, or not Iowa State, Ohio State, Villanova, Tennessee, Texas Tech, and USC. Yep. So for these teams, you just have a few teams that really, they are good. But they're not great. Like, I feel like tier twos, all the teams that we feel as of right now could very easily compete for the final four. These t- tier three is should be in the should be able to make the elite eight potentially. It's it's gonna be a tough route for a lot of these teams. USC is gonna probably fall down our list even more. U of H eventually will if they take some losses without Sasser. But we'll see what happens. Tier four. Michigan State, Oklahoma, Seton Hall, UConn, Xavier, Providence, Oklahoma State, Texas. All teams that probably will be ranked at the end of the year. Maybe not Texas the way they've been playing, but with the amount of talent they have, they should be eventually. These teams should be top 25 teams in like the 20s and late teens. That's why I see them. Yeah, it's fair. And then the fact that Houston is still in Tier 3 is actually very impressive. They barely just beat Tulsa, so I mean, they're probably not going to be Tier 3 for much longer as the season goes on, but hats off to the Cougars for at least holding on without the injury of their best player and best scorer and leader, Marcus Sasser. Uh, the Cougars done a great job trying to recover this team, but this is not a complete team without Marcus Sasser. So, sorry to Houston Nation, but they've done a great job thus far uh, rebounding. Uh, finally, in Tier 5, we have the same old, same old, I guess. West Virginia, Illinois, St. Bonaventure, Minnesota, Creighton, Alabama, Marquette, Lowe's, Chicago, Davidson, LSU, and Oregon. I'm really tempted to move Alabama out of this, and I'm really tempted to move Illinois up, but we need a little more proof to see Alabama losing, dropping some more easy games. We need a little more proof of uh, Oregon playing elite basketball and with Illinois playing elite basketball because, as you said, Illinois is number one in the Big Ten, but they haven't really done – much to prove it thus far. I decided beating some easy teams. So once they get into the harder part of the schedule, then we can really see what this team is made of <coughs> tomorrow. Oh yeah, tomorrow. But for now, they'll be staying at the five tier. And Ethan, oh no, no, I was about to say let's move on to our record uh, games of the week. But we have our positive position. We have three teams we want to go over in spotlight that have been super duper good. We've kind of gone over all three of them so far in the episode, but we went talking down them more at length. Ethan. What has been going on at Texas Tech? This team has been playing really, really well and getting some really big wins. Why are they here? Well, just in the past couple of weeks, aside from that ugly loss yesterday to Kansas State, 
You're beating Oklahoma State by 21. You're beating Baylor. You're beating Kansas. You beat Texas Tech. You have a lot of good wins. Hell, you beat Tennessee. Your worst, like they have the one bad loss, and then they have a loss to Providence. They have two losses, one bad, one good. I'm not sure how you can classify a loss as good, but some people do, so I'll classify it as good. And the thing that's interesting to me about this Texas Tech team, they don't have one alpha dog. If you look at the team besides Shannon, you have Williams and McCuller averaging twenty, uh, having drink 12.4 and 12.3. And then you have Davion Warren averaging 10.4. Kevin O'Banner, 9.2. Adonis Arms, 8.5. There's no top dog. It's whoever gets their night gets their night. That's really deadly. That is very deadly. You don't. There's seven guys who can all potentially go for 15 plus, and that's really uh, a scary matchup for any team in college basketball. Uh, but speaking of other scary matchups, Ethan, why is Oregon here? What has been making Oregon such a good team? Like, what is going on with this team? Well, what's going on with this team? If we're being completely honest, I we threw them on here because of the past two games that they've had. You beat UCLA in overtime with just playing overall good basketball. And then you beat USC again, playing overall good basketball. I mean, anytime that you can have a player go off for near 20, that's a great idea. It's looking like their transfers are finally meshing well together. I'm excited to see how this team works out in conference season. You already beat the top two teams in your conference or quote, supposed top two teams. If they can keep this up, Oregon's a top 10 team. Will they keep this up? Probably not. But for now, they're on the rise. Yep. And lastly, but not uh, least, we have the Iowa State Cyclones. They've been having a pretty good stretch of basketball. Um, they've had a really tough schedule. And they've even had some losses. But just for how close things have been with a lot of these teams, we just decided to put Iowa State here because the Cyclones, we think they're a very good team. And they've actually proved themselves a lot in the tougher part of the schedule. They've had five extremely tough games. They even went, I think they went two and three, but their three losses are to three phenomenal teams. They lost to Baylor, they lost to Kansas, they lost to Oklahoma, but they ended up uh, they ended up beating Texas Tech and they ended up beating Texas. Uh, so these are two really high-quality wins, along with keeping it very close uh, with three very good teams. Outside of the game with Oklahoma, they won by a considerable, the Sooners won by a considerable amount in that game. Uh, but outside of that game, they've had a really good stretch of basketball. So hats off to the Cyclones. I know they haven't won a lot in that stretch. They're still two and three, but two and three is different when you look at it through the light we're looking at it. Uh, with loss to Baylor, loss to Kansas, loss to Oklahoma, that doesn't look too bad. Uh, moving on to our next segment here, we have our games of the week. Ethan usually does this one. Ethan, what happened in our games of the week? Well, you see, I actually messed up when I was originally typing this, John. So if you see why the records are different on our sheet, I actually am now leading. I went three and two. Thank God, the fans, you guys chose Iowa State to upset Kansas. That helped me a lot. So, John, you went two and three. Your upset picks, they're working to an extent. Like, you're within four of the fans. You just need to have a couple good weeks. You need the fans to go with me this week and us to have a choke week. But I'm taking a guess that you're not going to, just looking at the games that I was able to choose since I got to choose all five. 
Yeah, Ethan chose all five games this week. Uh, I actually, you know, really like these games. There's a lot of really, really good college basketball we have here, but I chose a few upset picks, as I usually do. Starting off with our first game of Illinois versus Purdue. Um, Ethan actually went the upset pick here, but that's usually not common of him because he chose them. He chose the other upset for a reason. Yeah, Purdue versus Illinois. I chose Purdue. Ethan ended up choosing Illinois. I think I can speak for Ethan here when I say that he chose Illinois because it's his favorite team. Not because he necessarily thinks they're going to win. There is a chance, but they're probably not going to win. Purdue has not been looking like the best team in the country, but they're still a very, very elite team. They have great bigs. They have great guards. And they have great depth. Long, great shooting. So, I think that covers it, Ethan. You got anything else to say about that game? I actually think Illinois has a better chance to win than Purdue, the way Purdue's been playing. Because if Jane Ivey can get stopped by Trent Frazier, Kofi's going to stop whatever big man Purdue throws at him. And I'm going to the game tomorrow. That's why I'm so excited for it. So, yeah, we've actually had two. We've actually had two games where we've had been at our games of the week. I went to Duke versus Virginia Tech. Ethan's going to I uh, going to Illinois versus Purdue. So that's a really exciting thing that uh, you get to experience with us if you uh, follow us on our socials. Um, moving on to our next game, we have Texas Tech versus Iowa State. Ethan chose the Red Raiders. I chose the Cyclones. Got the rematch that happened earlier. Iowa State took the dub, and I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna do it again. Personally, um, Ethan, why did you choose the Red Raiders? I just think they're gonna have to split the season series. I really do. Iowa State has dropped a couple of these really close games. I really think that they're gonna have to. I you can't. I can't call it riding the momentum because you can't ride the momentum of a loss unless it's down. And really, I, this is Texas Tech. They're coming off the Baylor win. They're coming off the big loss. Iowa State's coming off a close loss. I think Texas Tech wants to bounce back because Iowa State, I'm not calling it bouncing back. Isaiah Brockington is going to have 80. No, I'm just kidding. But he is a very, very talented player. He got it done um, in big moments against other very high-level teams, including Texas Tech, uh, where they ended up winning at home. This game is in Lubbock, so it scares me a little bit, but I think that Iowa State is going to pull out the road dub and go 2-0. and Again, they went 2-3 and three in the last five games. I think they're due for a dub with how good they are. And I think they're going to go 2-0 in the season series. They might see each other in the Big 12 tournament again, which if they do, I think Texas Tech will probably win that game. But I think Iowa State actually is going to pull this one out. So, go Cyclones. <laughs> uh, moving on to our next game, we have Michigan State versus Wisconsin. We chose differently again. I went with the very obvious upset pick. We'll eat one with the favorite, per usual, on the show. Um, I truthfully think that Wisconsin has a better chance of winning this game than Michigan State, but it is no magic, baby. I mean, this game is in East Lansing, if I'm not wrong. If it's not, then I'm screwed, but I'm pretty sure this is in East Lansing, and hopefully Max Christie and comedy can pull this one out for me because that would be super awesome if they did. Uh, but Johnny Davis, Brad Davis, and Tyler Wall, very, very hard to stop. Uh, so Michigan State will really be put to the test here, put to the test here, but for the most part, I think – that uh, Michigan State can win this, so that's why I chose them. Ethan, got anything else to say? You know, I really think that you have Wisconsin riding their momentum off that nice one against Ohio State, and you have Michigan State losing when they should have won because they missed free throws. They got all the calls in their favor in the final three minutes. They really – Michigan State, you're riding that L. I think they're going to take the L. I think Johnny Davis has a bounce-back game and drops 30 on Michigan State. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, moving on to our next game, we have Kentucky versus Auburn. We both picked Auburn here. Uh, Jamari Smith, Katie Johnson, very difficult to stop. I get it, they have, I get it Kentucky's out of the way. 
I get it, they have Kellen Greedy. I get it, they have Tyson Washington. But with just how overall good this Auburn team is, there's not a lot you can do to stop it. I think Coach Pearl is going to get a really nice W here, and Coach Calipari is going to have to have drawing board again. Ethan, why did you choose Auburn? Honestly, I think that they're the best team in college basketball as of right now. Wow. As, as, wow. Of, as of 7-18 Eastern on Sunday night, I think Auburn is the best team in college basketball. Will that change? Almost definitely. But as of right now, they're my number one seed. And, yeah, I think that Kentucky's very good. I think Kentucky, I wanted to beat Kentucky so bad. I just think Auburn's got their winning momentum. And then heading into the next game, we got LSU-Tennessee. John, what's your, what are you picking here? I think I can agree with you when I say this. I'm going with LSU, and according to the sheet, you did as well. Um, I'm not a big Rick Barnes fan, considering the fact that I never got to see the winning side of Rick Barnes in my childhood while he was in Texas. So I've got LSU here, but considering the fact that LSU, I think, has a more talented team, uh, i got to go with the Tigers. Very plain and simple. Ethan, why did you choose the Tigers? I think they're the best defensive team in college basketball, to be wow. blunt with you. You're really big on the SEC right now. I am. I'm higher than I should be because the Big 12 is the best team in college basketball when the average team ranking is about a 33. So I I should be a lot less high on the SEC and a lot more high on the Big 12. But you know what? SEC football, SEC basketball time now. Yep. Um, well, that seems to wrap up our show. Uh, I had a great time talking about this week. This was a really fun week. There were so many games that were just super good. Uh, and super fun to talk about. Um, but Ethan, you have anything to say? Nope. I'm excited for the game. And you know what? Make sure you guys go vote on our polls at underscore creating madness on Insta. You guys have pretty much 23 hours from right now, 22 hours, whatever it is. And then John's going to be posting the week-long polls on our Twitter at ATR Madness very shortly after this episode goes up. Yep. Uh, I was about to say that, but Ethan already got it out of the way. So, Thank you for listening to this episode. We'll see you next Sunday or Saturday, depending on when we can. And we'll talk to you guys then.